holiday season and I hosted Thanksgiving. Now, that sounds like a big deal until I just tell you all I hosted was Dewey and my parents. So I had three guests and technically one is not a guest because he resides with me and he does not eat human food off the table as much as he would like to. So technically I had two guests and myself, but I like to sound like I'm a big deal, so I like to tell people, yes, I cooked and I hosted, but I only hosted mom and dad, and I see mom and dad once a week, so it wasn't all that (laughs) dramatic. However, if you were to talk to Cheryl, she would say otherwise. I think my mother thanked me about 200 times for the charcuterie board that I googled how to make and then proceeded to um in her words copy it when she had guests over several days later to her house and I was like you know mom I didn't make up putting meat and cheese on a cutting board you do (laughs) you do realize that right it was not my idea I did not create this idea I'm actually late to the fucking party I googled an image and kind of went to the grocery store with my eyes shut plucked out some meat and cheese I don't even eat real cheese but sometimes I like to think I can. So in the midst of me prepping my, my um, hors d'oeuvres that Thanksgiving morning, I cut up the mozzarella and ate myself a slice and regretted it ever since. I was doubled over for a solid 90 minutes on the toilet. <laughs> Because I had one piece of real mozzarella cheese. So that is how my Thanksgiving began. When that was not something I wanted to give thanks for. I did not want to give thanks for my insides spewing out all morning. So cut to my my familia coming over. Which is not my entire family, you see. Because they live all over the place and they do their own things. Right. And then, you know, um, we've got relatives and such, but I think I informed you we only see them at funerals. So (laughs) me and my parents kicking it on a holiday, I was trying to prep in advance, like mentally. How can I make this different and fun? Because holidays for me were always rather traumatizing. Like dad was in a recliner glued to the TV and either you were getting the same news station on repeat or you were getting some black and white movie that I just can't stomach to watch and then and 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 completely like in his own bubble not paying it to unless the voices raise like if the voices go up two octaves and he thinks there's a fight he's in on it like that man loves to jump into an argument that he's not involved in. And then my mother would usually be standing over her mashed potatoes crying 
um, with her glass of wine. So it would, and then when we would sit down to eat, it was usually Amy doing a prayer and then my mother crying again, crying because she was so thankful we were all there. And I was like, we have to be here. <laughs> what do you mean you're thankful we're here? Where else am I going to go on Thanksgiving? When I have said, can I, c- c- I'm going to go to Aunt So-and-so's house, I would get threatened as a child. You're going to go there. You're not going to say. So, yeah, so holidays are a good time. That's why I'm not a super festive person. Like, I, I got pumpkins on Halloween, um, mainly because grandma wanted to take Dewey pumpkin picking. And Dewey doesn't really pumpkin pick. He skittishly hides behind a pumpkin, and then we pretend he picked it. So I've got some pumpkins in my home, and that's really the extent of my decor. So, yeah, I like I I pulled out the little um, battery powered LED lights and tried to make myself a makeshift like display on my coffee table. I think I'm a badass. I did a pretty good job. I will say it wasn't really Pinterest worthy, but I don't hang out on Pinterest. So who cares? Um, I also didn't cook a turkey. I have cooked a turkey many years. I know how to cook a real turkey. I know how to stick my hand up its ass and pull out its guts. I cry when I do it because not because I'm anti-eating meat. Sorry, vegans, vegetarians, and whoever else you are, pescatarians. I am down for the meat, right? Um, but I cry and I name the turkey. And I've done this ever since back in my nannying days where I worked for a very large family, half Russian, half Greek. They would cook all night into the next day, like before a holiday, with like big catering, big catering pans, okay? Homemade everything, dough from scratch. I lived for it at the time, because I didn't grow up with that kind of atmosphere during a holiday. My my mother likes to do everything herself and then and then tell us how she did it all herself and then make us feel bad that she did it all herself. Like it's a thing. I'm sure your mother is maybe possibly the same way. So so yeah, it it took me many years to kind of slowly recondition my mother to like allow me to cook one side dish and then two side dishes, and then one year I got her to just cook the meat, and I got to cook all the sides, which was like a huge accomplishment that I had convinced her to do that, and then another year I convinced her to just bow out of the whole thing so I could cook the entire meal. Like, how am I ever going to learn, right, for my family of one dog? How am I how am I ever going to learn how to host if you never let me host, right? So having that experience as a nanny with a very large family and being well as part of my job having to cook and and be included in that process was was an interesting feat, but it was also really exciting that there was going to be a lot of people when I nannied versus like 3. I've learned to appreciate 3 though. Like I've I've learned to appreciate being present with my parents um and I've learned to not it has taken me time 
and you might still be in this process with yours, but it has taken me time to allow myself to fully just be me, even when they're in my environment, because I, I have a tendency to want to people please, so I have a tendency to want to like cater to them and serve them. That's just kind of how I was brought up. So so doing the opposite is is a process, and I have I've learned slowly to really make that process easy for me. So I thought, hmm, how can I make Thanksgiving a little bit different this year? And I thought, you know what? I'm going <laughs> I'm going to get some solo cups. I'm going to kick it back old school, like like college style. I'm going to make mom and dad play flip cup. And then I thought, you know what they're going to do? They're going to look at my white faux fur rug in my living room and my dad is going to panic, even though I have destroyed this rug Fr- from day two of owning this rug. Like I'm the kind of I grew up in a house where like there was wall to wall carpeting. And if you got one little piece of mud on that carpet, it was the end of the world. You just destroyed the carpet that was there for the last two decades. Like end of the world. Mind you, J- Jeff ain't listening, by the way. He's not listening to this. Mind you, when I lived above my parents' garage, the carpet was like a like a cream color. And uh, I, I burned candles, right? And incense and the whole nine yards. And I... <laughs> I lit a candle. I blame my sister for this. This is your fault, Erin. She gave me this old candle that she must have bought at like Gap or something. And it was black. Now, I won't say I'm superstitious, but I've got a thing about candles. And I've got a thing about the colors of them. They signify things. Black candle is not my jam. But it could have... I would say I'm a little bit colorblind. I've self-diagnosed that because sometimes I think dark blue is black. Sometimes I think black is dark blue. So it could have been a dark blue candle. It could have been a dark gray candle. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I decided to burn it. It was one of those jacked up candles that smelled like bad, cheap men's cologne, right? But I wanted a candle burning. Lit the damn thing, walked my dog outside, came back in. The entire glass jar this fucking candle was in was up in flames. I had a burning situation sitting in the corner of the room. And I was like, oh my God, something caught fire. I don't know what to do. Like you just freeze. You don't know what the fuck to do. So I ran and I filled a plastic garbage can. This explains my fire safety shit now. Uh, A plastic garbage can filled it halfway with water, brought it over because I couldn't pick the candle up. I mean, the whole damn thing was on fire and the glass was hot, right? And I thought, okay, I'm not going to leave my dog up here. Like It was a whole thing. I start thinking about what could happen, right? Oh my God, it's sitting on wood. <laughs> this is not good. I can't pick this up. Can I risk it? Can I men- like mind over matter this shit and like pick it up and like carry it into the bathtub or something? What do I do? So I just like slowly nudged it to the edge of this thing that it was sitting on that was wooden. And I put the garbage can right in front of it with water and I knocked it in not smart not don't do that don't that's not what they teach you in fire safety to stop drop and roll did not include 
fill a trash can with water and like push the fiery flamey hot wax situation <laughs> into the garbage can splash it went okay splash it went and not just water but hot wax went everywhere so i jacked up that carpet pretty well yeah that i i did a number on it and for the for the length of time i lived there i strategically covered that spot with dog beds random furniture you name it i did it and that that's it i will deny 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 till the day i die i don't know who did that you know what that was probably you that that's that's how it's gonna roll if I ever have to have that conversation with my father uh, but I don't at this point I've I've been long gone and and if he hasn't noticed it <laughs> oh well oh well so I, I I I knew if I had flip cup going he was gonna look at my already jacked up faux fur white rug and be like we're going to ruin your carpet. I've already ruined the carpet. I have painted and gotten black paint on this carpet. It's not a carpet that you're supposed to walk on. I walked all over it. It is dirty and I don't care. I vacuum it. So in my mind, it's clean enough and it sits under my coffee table and I like it and I don't want to buy another one yet. So flip cup was out as we can see, but my parents, asked what they could bring and I said why don't you bring two bottles of wine red and white okay and dessert and these two I I don't want to call them efficient okay but these two characters they go and they buy two boxes of wine all right I'm not I'm not bougie I, or I am bougie which one is it I don't know I'll drink a boxed wine that's fine but listen I was full on brown bagging 40s when I was in college and 40s cost me, I don't know, like a buck, $2, something like that. I'd brown bag it. We'd duct tape our hands to it. I was that chick. So boxed wine, that's fine. And then I thought, hmm, you bought me boxed wine. We could play slap the bag. And I mentioned this to someone the other day, like before Thanksgiving, and they were like, I've never heard of slap the bag. And I was like, allow me to explain. Because I never understood the point of this game either. All I knew is in college, you'd stand in a circle. You'd take the bag of wine out of the box. And then you'd chug it like through the spigot. And then you'd toss it to somebody and they'd slap it and then they'd have to chug it. I, it, it, I, I don't know. Maybe I missed the directions, but that was what I knew of the game. And I have a memory of my friend who got knocked during the game in the lip with the spigot and started hyperventilating. And it was a whole thing. So I started to think, okay, you know what? These two are like late 60s. I don't know how that's going to go. Like me and my parents playing slap the bag in my one bedroom apartment. Can you picture it now? Cheryl will chug that wine happily but will she be capable of tossing the wine is the question 
And my father would probably be like, can I get a glass? Like, do I have to drink it out of the space? So then I was like, this isn't going to work. So the only other option was we could play beer pong. And you know what? I went to the grocery store. I bought all of my meats and cheeses. And I totally forgot to get solo cups. So we didn't play any games. I actually just talked to them. <laughs> Wild, right? Wild. I was I was so hepped up on I'm going to create a really fun environment. But you know what? They had a blast. They did have a blast and again thanked me about two thousand times, which was very nice, but I don't receive compliments after the first one very well. And I like to blame the other people for that. I do. I complete. I will. I will completely admit to that. I like to blame the other people for that. Like, shut up already. You don't have to tell me a thousand times. But it's me. It's me. I will own it. It is totally me. If you say like, thank you about the same thing to me more than one time, I get instantly annoyed. And I'm like, uh, enough. Okay. Got it the first time. Heard you. I'm a good listener. I make money off of doing that for a living. I don't need to hear it a thousand times. One compliment is good. But you know, everybody's speaking for themselves usually. Like it's not that they don't mean the compliment, but they but the way they're talking and and the words they use is all from their beliefs and their perspective. And I do take that into account. Like I can joke. But the reality of it is that the way I receive it is my issue. And yeah, so I get I get instantly cringy and and then and then my dad just laughs because I think he really understands because my mom is very affectionate, right? She's super affectionate. And my dad is very standoffish, which makes for an interesting pair. But then you add me into the mix, who's a bit traumatized by both, right? <laughs> just just I am. It is what it is. Y'all are too. It's just I'm very aware and in tune and happy to talk about it. I'm traumatized by both. I'm traumatized by my dad's lack of affection and and emotional um I want to say distribution. And it's probably not the right word, but it was funny. And I'm traumatized by my mother's over whelming need to hug and cling to me and I have for 35 years have worked to find a balance for me because they're so completely different that like when someone doesn't give me affection triggered when someone gives me too much affection triggered there's a happy medium. It's kind of like what I always say when when I'm walking my dog there is a happy speed to drive past somebody walking their animal on the road. I grew up in the country, right? Country roads. There's no lines on the roads. There's no sidewalks on these roads. It's a ditch and then a field. And you learn very quickly when you grow up that way how to drive with two, there's a car coming in the opposite direction. You learn how to maneuver this without stopping. You know somebody doesn't drive those roads normally when they come to a full-fledged stop when there's another car coming because they think that, that they're not going to fit. Oh, you'll fit. You just both have to go half in the ditch, okay? That's just the way it goes. Now, add in, like, 
whenever I grew up, there's people riding horses, there's tractors, and then there's people walking, like just walking, which I don't get. And then there's people walking their dogs. And if you drive past people walking their dogs at too slow of a speed. Now, when I lived there and I would walk Dewey, okay, if you go past me way too slow, I think you're going to kidnap me. I get creeped out, okay? If you go past me too fast, I get pissed off and I throw rocks at your car, straight up. But there's a happy medium speed. There's a speed in between I want to kill you and kidnap you that you need to drive, okay? And and that's how I feel about love. <laughs> that's how I feel about love. There is a happy medium here between I'm going to kidnap you and kill you. <laughs> that you need to you need to get to. It's a balance, okay? It's a balance. And if and 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 I 35 years, I I'm I'm slowly getting there to find that balance but you know it's just making jokes about it is so much easier (laughs) it really is yeah so so December 1st is today and that means you can actually put up your Christmas decorations now if you're one of those dicks that was like I've got two trees up before Thanksgiving fuck off you missed a whole holiday Christmas decor is not Thanksgiving decorations. That's, mm-mm, mm-mm, no, that's not the way this goes. Okay. Are you using pumpkins for Christmas? No. So why are you putting up mangers and Jesus crosses and stars and shit for Thanksgiving? Okay. Like, no, not, mm-mm. You can start today. Today is December 1st. As of my weather app this morning, we are expecting snow tomorrow. Okay? You are more than welcome to put up your Christmas trees and and your whatever else you put up. I Again, I have a Christmas tree. It's fake. It's white. It stays pretty much lit and decorated in the box year-round just unplugged and I plug that little fucker in um all I gotta do is like unfold the branches (laughs) as Jesus wanted me to unfold the branches and hang my five ornaments on it and I call it a day I make it look nice I do every time I say that I think of Dorinda from Real Housewives I made it nice, okay? I make it real nice, just like I made my charcuterie board nice. I made it nice, all right? You can make it nice today. But if you were rolling around with your fucking ornaments and Christmas tree two weeks ago, I don't get you. I don't get you. Now, listen, I have plenty of friends, okay? And I know lots of people. And I have lots of clients. And some of them were sitting there on FaceTime with their Christmas tree in the back. So I'm very much aware that people have difference of opinion here, but they all know mine because when they sit in front of their fucking Christmas tree before December, I look them dead in the eye and I say, get that out of my sight. Get, 
shift, move, angle your chair differently. I don't want to look at it. And then they just laugh and they go, but it's Mickey Mouse themed. You No, bitch. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. The only one that could do no wrong in my eyes, and I can't remember because she's been dead too long, but my Nana. My Nana, if she put up her Christmas tree in the middle of July, she could do no wrong in my eyes because that's the way Nancy rolled. Okay. And that wasn't even her real name. How about that? Right. How about being so close to your grandma your entire life and then she dies and you find out she's been lying about her name her entire life? That happened. Not kidding. We found out her name wasn't Nancy. Her name was Nagista. And I thought to myself, wow, you're, you're something. You're, you just, you, you're not even Italian and you held that secret like you were in the fucking mob. You are a Polish woman and whatever else she was, I don't remember. And her, all of her siblings, they all had different names. We all found out after they died. That's some secret keeping right there. Yeah, I stopped that generational shit when I was old enough to talk. I don't do secrets. I just don't. I respect privacy. I don't keep secrets. Big difference, right? Big difference. I think people don't realize the difference between a secret and, and like respect for somebody's privacy or boundaries, right? But there's a difference. Because like secrets are lies that you're just just like they go hand in hand. I don't got words for this. I didn't really think this through. Quite frankly, I put the mic on and I thought I have no material. So we are just winging it, which really is not unusual here, but, but kind of is because usually I have some topics in my mind to talk about. Today is not like that. Today, Dewey is actually sitting next to me right now, laughing and smiling with me. So he is purely enjoying this show and I, I, I will say it's much more fun than trying to plan it out and and make sure that I ticked off everything on my mental list of things to to do you know what interests me when bands get back together so I was on Twitter this morning because I like to twit twat in my mornings, um, not twit my twat sometimes, but I like to go on the Twitter because the Twitter just sounds much better than Twitter. I don't know why they didn't add a the in there because it just really, it emphasized the twits, right? I like to go on it in the morning. It's much more refreshing. Okay. I know I make my jokes about everybody on Twitter as a self-proclaimed act. They are, as am I. Okay. But you get the news on there, and I don't watch the news on TV. I don't want to. I don't. You do, mm -mm. But on Twitter, I will read the news like I've told you before. You get like you you get the opinions of actual people on top of the opinions of media. Like you turn on the TV, you're just getting the opinion of the media, and the producers and the executive producers and the network and the blah blah blah, blah right? But on Twitter, you get a news article and then you read the comments. And the comments are pure fucking joy, sir. Pure joy. 
So I don't even read the article. Sometimes I read the headline, I read the caption, and then I just scroll the comments. And if the comments start to intrigue me, then I will click the article. That's Twitter. So I was on the twit twat this morning and I was enjoying myself kind of scrolling through things and, and, and responding to things. And then I see that the pussycat dolls got back together. Now, I'm only talking about this because I like to say the word pussy. But the pussycat dolls, I don't know all their names because I'm, I'm not good with names. But I do know Nicole Schwartzinger, Schwart, whatever, right? And um, from what I've gathered from the comment section, the big kind of joke, I guess, was that like, it was always her and then like the group more so looked like backup dancers through their entire career. So they came back together and they performed on the X Factor. I don't know if it's regular X Factor. I don't know because when I watched the little YouTube clip, it said X Factor Celebrity. I don't know. They've got spinoffs of everything these days. So whatever X Factor it was, they they performed. I watched the entire performance this morning on YouTube. And let me give you my thoughts, because I know you care so much. I am intrigued that nobody told Nicole that... Now, now let me preface with, she's an amazing singer, okay? And she looks gorgeous. Her body is banging, and I could say a hundred billion positive things about the performance. But I'm not right now, because that's not where I'm going with this. She was dancing. They they had choreography and they're dancing. And again, I don't remember enough about when they were a group to remember like what was their kind of thing. You know, like we know Britney is big on choreography and less on the vocals. And we know like J-Lo is just a fucking triple threat. Right. She, chick can sing and dance full speed ahead at, and 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 not miss a beat. And be in tune. And, and it's just amazing. They've all got their things. Right? Like I've got mine. Um, but they were dancing. And I'm watching. First of all, clearly there was lip singing going on. And that's fine. We expect that at this point. However, Nicole seemed. I don't. Does she have back problems? This is what I. These were my thoughts watching this. She must have a back issue because she or she is, as we call as dancers, I, I am a dancer. I was a dancer. I, I like to say I am a dancer because once you were a, a, a like trained dancer, I was a competitive dancer for half my life. You're a dancer for life. That's just the way it goes. And all dancers can attest to this. So as a dancer, I will say she looked like she was just walking through the performance. She looked like she was kind of half-assing it, which is what you do in rehearsal when you're just kind of like not doing it full out, okay? You're not doing the moves full out. You're not fully performing it. That's what I got from this. She wasn't like moving from her chest up very much until the very end of this performance where they were like splashing in water and she was like using a chair as a prop which kind of makes sense because it's a little easier to flail your upper body when you're sitting on a chair but the rest of it I'm watching and thinking I don't she looks hurt 
or she looks like she's in pain, or she just can't bend because her boobs are too big. It's one of those. Watch it. Go watch it and tell me I'm wrong. You will just watch from the chest up. She looks very stiff and like she can't bend backwards. She clearly can bend backwards. And she really, I don't think, was concerned about her tits falling out because when she like flailed her body in the water and over the chair, they stayed in just fine and her body did bend backwards. So I don't know what was going on, but she definitely had something going on there. So I couldn't stop watching that part. I couldn't even watch the entire performance because the entire time I was just staring at her upper body going, bend, 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 bitch, bend. Like it wasn't, and that's, you know, that's kind of what happens to me when I talk to people and I latch on to like one unhealthy thing that they said or something and I can't get off it. Now it's just, now I don't, to respond properly to you I'm not really listening to you because now that part is in my head on replay and I I don't know how to move forward without pointing it out to you but I'm not in a setting where you're asking me so I sometimes can get stuck there talking to people and then I look really awkward that happens sometimes I mean whatever yeah so that's all of my thoughts on life today. I know not too thrilling here in Jersey, but I had a hell of a week emotionally, straight up. I went high, high, low, low, all over the place. I had anxiety. Then I was like calm as a motherfucker. I was I was really, it was, it was, there was a lot of things happening in my life this week. And when that tends to happen, that's at the forefront of my mind. And when that's at the forefront of my mind, I don't, I'm not capable of talking about much else. And that's kind of what like my friends get when, when they're friends with me. They, they probably don't know because it's not like I sit down and I give them like my biography of of how I'm going to emotionally interact with them. But that's what you get if you're friends with me. You get Amy really, really present and a lot of fun. I'm a lot of fun. I'm a good time. But if I've got things going on and I don't, it's not... It's not for any like personal reasons. I just, I would rather go to B for problems I have going on in my life. Like when I find somebody that I can trust and lean on, that's the person I go to. I don't need 500 opinions of everybody else. I learned that in like fifth grade. I'm not going to ask five different people for advice. I'm not going to tell the same story to 10 different people so you know what's going on in my life and I can get all of your opinions because all of your opinions are coming through your own filter and your own shit. I've learned that at a very young age. So for me, I, I only want the opinion and the guidance and the support of A, in this case, a trained professional who understands the way I believe, understands the way I approach situations in my life, and understands how to talk to me. So I pick and choose parts of 
what's going on privately to like disclose to people. And it's really only when I've kind of moved through it and I'm ready to share it. And there's things that I just don't share with anybody other than B. Like B is the secret keeper for me. But it's not secrets. It's just privacy, right? So I, you know, when you're my friend, you, you, you get me present, you get, but I'm sure on the receiving end, it can feel like, like I'm closed off, but I'm not, I'm just private. And that's like a boundary for me. I can't, a lot of people want to be friends with you only when they can like do something for you. I don't need friends that can do things for me. Do you know what I mean? I, I think you really need to like sit with that. That's a really deep statement. I don't need friends that can do things for me. I want friends that align with me as far as can equally exchange comfort and support and praise and listen, a listening ear and, and can be understanding. I want friends that are on the same level mentally with me. I want friends that also motivate and inspire me. I want friends that are capable of, of having fun with me and being deep with me. But I don't need you to do things for me as far as I don't need you to fix my problems. I don't need you to save me. I don't need you to be there so I can call you religiously. I don't call anybody. I, I text B almost every day. Um, that's the process. But like I don't I don't really talk to any so so people tend to get the impression when they're in my life, like my personal life, they tend to get the impression that um, I'm either like closed off or like I keep people at arm's length. It's not that at all. It's just my my interactions with people are, are distinctly different. My, my mother has always said to me, though, she's always said, well, you know, you're just so strong that maybe people don't know when you, you know, want help or want them to talk to you or want them to call you or want them to support you I go see that's the thing people in my life don't don't need that reassurance like the people that really understand me they don't need the reassurance to know I care about them they know they don't need the reassurance that they there it's in their natural way of being to ask me how I am to remember things I told them to support me and they for damn sure don't don't need me to like um, baby them, coax them. And they also don't need me. They, they cannot. They absolutely cannot hold things over my head. And they cannot hold things over my head. You know, that that like list right there, though, comes from my experience as a kid with my upbringing, like when when things were held over my head after I was vulnerable with you, if you hold things over my head after I trusted you enough to share it with you and you use it against me when you're angry at me, you are not for me. You cannot go anywhere near me after that. You've breached trust and you've shown me your character. You've shown me the kind of person you are because the kind of person you are is that you, you, you take somebody's trust when they're weak, right? And they're leaning to you. This happened to me so many times growing up. I would need help. I'd ask for help. And then that me needing help was 
leveraged against me, like as an attack, you know, like, hi, I'm, I'm really anxious and I need somebody to talk to. And, and they'd like comfort me for two seconds and then they'd turn around and go and yell at me for something or tell me I shouldn't feel that way, like invalidate me. Or there were times where I needed help and I'd ask, let's say like when I was younger and I needed like financial support or something, I'd ask for financial support and then they'd, they'd give it to me, right? Willingly in the moment, willingly. And then they'd turn around later and they knew it wasn't easy for me to ask for that support. And then they'd turn around later and they'd go, well, you know, I gave you money. So now you need to do this. No, mm, that's control. You want to control me? So you want to leverage that moment for your time in need, right? To get your way. So ego driven. No, thank you. So whenever I've experienced anybody since that point in childhood in my life that if I open up to you and I disclose something to you, and this has happened countless times. And so I've learned that like, what for me um, needs to be demonstrated consistently for me to trust you. Because trust is consistency. It is. Trust is consistency. You need to be a consistent person in your actions and your, your communication in order for me to feel safe with you. And if there's an inconsistency in that, what you've demonstrated to me, that equals a lack of trust that I now have. That's an unstable environment for me. But if I, if I got to a place where I did trust you because you demonstrated or through my filter, I, I saw that I could trust you. And then you took something I disclosed to you and used it against me later. You, you want to talk about being on my bad side? That's one thing that will instantly get you there. And that's one thing that more times than not, I, that, that's one thing. I'm a very compassionate person. And I hear this often from people, like even when I'm posting online, they're like, you approach things from such a compassionate place. I do. I'm a very big proponent of not saying, fuck you, you're blocked. I'm a very big proponent of that. But one thing that will really get me to, I won't say fuck you, you're blocked. I won't at all. I won't. You've got to really disrespect my boundaries to get me to a place where I just completely block and eliminate you. And that's really, that's only happened less than like one hand of times in my life. Like I can't even say five times. Like I, I don't know specific events, but it's less than five times in my life. And I'm 35. So that's pretty good. I'd say that's pretty good. But one thing that will get you to that point where you're like, now you're walking the line is if you've took something I've shared with you privately and then boop, leveraged it against me, um, to get something for yourself. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. That, that really sends me over the edge. And now, you know, remember the more, you know, flying rainbows flying rain do we know yet where that came from was that reading rainbow nobody hit me up and told me so all of you 
listeners out there, I know you exist. I, I keep track of the numbers here. We've got a very large audience and growing. And I am grateful. I am grateful. So let me know. Is that from Reading Rainbow? I need a DM from you as you listen and tell me if it is or not. Reading Rainbow. Well, I told you that this episode I was going to share something with you. And I just remembered it. So I'm going to share it with you. I used to play a game with my brother when he was younger, like in his preteens, teens, 20s, like we'll say in that that area, when he'd get girlfriends or he'd be interested in someone and he would like share with me the name of the girl. I had this thing. I call it my special gift. I have many. This is one of them. My special gift was the name of the person. I could identify their characteristics. And I I mean, when I say characteristics, what I mean is like how they, their character, like how they are as a person, their personality traits, their behavior patterns. I would just give him like a fucking profile. Like I was, what is that show? Um, Criminal Minds. I love that show. I, and I've seen like all of them, by the way. So shout out to them. I could give you like a whole profile and I was always right. You can ask him. You can ask him. I was always right. He would tell me the name. He wouldn't tell me anything else. He would just tell me the name of the girl. And I'd go, oh, in Emily? Well, she's probably... And I'd paint the whole picture and his eyes would look at me real wide. And he'd go... And my brother does not have big ass eyes like me. He's got like little squinty suckers. But he'd get big ass eyes and he'd look at me and he'd go, how did you do that? And I was like, because I'm good. Because I'm good. So that is, and and that name right there. And listen, if you are an Emily, I don't hate you. But I have had some traumatizing experiences when I was um, little. Like, uh, like uh, and I don't even want to give a hint on where it came from. I mentioned it earlier. A thing that I did my whole life, okay? Um, my experiences during, during that time of me being a, mm-mm, I, um, I had an, and it wasn't direct. This is what's so fascinating about it that nobody probably knows. Cause, cause there's plenty of people in my personal like circle that know how I feel about this name, but they don't know. And listen, I have interacted with other Emily's since then. And not, I have not had the best experiences with people with that name. And I, you could say, well, Amy, isn't it what you believe you attract? Yeah, bitch. Thank you very much for reminding me what I teach people. I am well aware it's a thought that I maybe don't want to change or it's just not a priority. Who knows? The point is that is one name that I looked at I, and I said it to him yesterday I said, don't you dare name your child that name. I, I will renounce my title as aunt 
if you name your child that name. Just don't. He's not having a kid yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm just prepping, okay, the environment here. You want Auntie Amy in the kid's life? Don't name it Emily. Now, shout out to all the Emilies. If you are an Emily, bless you. If I have never met you, I hope to meet you and have a positive experience with you. I do wholeheartedly mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. But I will say that is one name. And I know y'all have one. You just maybe didn't think about it. There's probably one name that gets you a little jacked up. That's one name for me. And when I tell, listen, I told this story yesterday to somebody I was just meeting. (laughs) What an icebreaker. They either respond to it or they look at you with that emoji face with the line eyes and the line mouth and you think, well, there goes everything. Like any type of future interaction I might have had with this person, right down the drain. Because I I just fully exposed myself. It's fine. It's what I like to do. You know, when you are just, I've said this before, I'll keep saying it. When you just be you, the the right people love you and they attracted to you. When I, when I had this business meeting um, a couple weeks ago that I had brought up to you, like me and this person just sat there talking highly of ourselves the whole time. They were like, how does your business run and and how do you get new clients? I said, oh, no, no. My clients love me. They're loyal to me. My clients stick with me for like years because that's the nature of the work I do. The ne- nature of the work I do isn't like we're done in two months. Some people, that's what they choose. Most of the people, that's not, that's not the way it goes. And they were like they and then they would just start talking highly of that they're like oh yeah well my people too my and like it was just this banter back and forth of two people really thinking and speaking positive about themselves and believing in themselves what a convo what a like such a positive experience it really is when I walk around and I just let my 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 full self be out and about you know out there really out there it's a good time just like this is a good time I'll see you next time though and um make sure you shoot me a dm and tell me is that from reading rainbow because I don't want to google I just don't want to go I google enough things if you saw my search history this morning you'd be like what the fuck goes on in this girl's mind I googled everything from R. Kelly and his girlfriends we could talk about that on the next episode to pussycat dolls because I like saying pussy and yeah I I don't want to google so what what is the purpose of having uh uh an audience if I can't get the audience to respond so respond dm me I welcome the dms I'll see you in there just don't slide me any dick pics please I didn't invite those I just asked for for confirmation if the rainbow is from reading rainbow okay bye